Welcome to the Go After Your Passion podcast with Christina Crowley. Live a life you love. If not now, when? Here's Christina. Uh, welcome everyone to the Go After Your Passion podcast. My name is Christina Crowley. And today I have with me Julie Johnson. She's a certified health coach for women over 45. And as an obese child, she spent, an adult, she spent her entire life trying to lose weight. Following the mainstream diet rules of eat less, move more, eat lots of whole grains, low fat, do it every two hours, it failed her. And she tried pills, powders, potions, calorie restriction, and nothing worked. And that led her to become very sick and not one to give up. She figured it out on her own. And now she helps women with the same experiences overcome their carb cravings, their fatigue, and finally get what they want. And uh, Julie, welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. I think we're going to have a great conversation. All right. Thanks, Christina, for inviting me. I'm excited. Oh, good. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself. I am over 45. <laughs> I am a mom, a grandma now, and a sign language interpreter. But my passion has turned into health coaching, helping older women understand why they have failed to lose weight. Absolutely. I, I, I understand that. I, I fall into that too. And so tell me about the journey you took, uh, you know, from being a youth to an adult and, and to where you are now and what you discovered. Well, growing up, I grew up on a farm. So I was always the, the beefy girl anyway, but that was back then it was okay. You know, I had a lot of muscle, but I was a big girl, but I was always the one with the great personality. Mm -hmm. Oh, you have such a pretty face. If you could just lose the weight. Well, that followed me into my young adult life, but I continued to gain weight because I, I didn't know how to lose weight. So I continued to eat like I was on the farm and that did not suit me well <laughs> as an adult. And I continued to get bigger and bigger. And then as an adult, I thought, okay, I've got to get this weight off. So I turned to all of the dieting information that we had attached to us. You know, you have your food pyramid, you have your plate, you know, fill it with this, fill it with that, eat every two hours to not slow your metabolism down. Keep that low fat. I'm from that generation. Fat is bad. Mm -hmm. And so I raised my family feeling really crappy, being very overweight, not being the mom or the wife that I wanted to be because I felt so horrible, but I could not stop gaining weight, but I couldn't figure it out. And short, long story short, 2016, I got really sick. I don't know what it was. I still don't know what it was. I think it was a virus, but you know, that was before COVID. But I was carried out by ambulance for my daughter's basketball game. I spent the next weeks, months, trying to figure out what had happened. And nobody could tell me what was wrong. And sadly, here I'm, you know, 60, 70 pounds overweight, but I'm labeled healthy on my medical charts. Healthy 44-year-old woman, you know, she does this. I didn't feel healthy. So I spent weeks and months going to doctors and doing tests. And I found this one doctor and she was, she was going to help me. We're going to get to that root cause because that's what I wanted. I wanted to know what caused it. So we spent, I, I did the money. I spent the money on the tests and she came back with histamine intolerance. I'm like, great. Now we know what's going on. Now what caused it? So now how do I fix it? She's like, oh, no, no, no. That's what caused it. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You promised me 
you were going to find me the root cause and I didn't have this before. So that was the very first doctor that I had ever fired. And there, there's been a couple more since then because they don't listen. She actually told me to stay off Google. That ticked me off because I was on, I was on a mission to find out what was wrong with me. So I went on my own path and I figured it out. I started with my gut. I learned that everything that you're exposed to food wise, environmentally, it impacts your gut. So that's what I started with. And then once I started feeling better, then I'm like, okay, now I can tackle the weight loss. And what actually started my journey was uh, a book called The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung. And that was the first time I'd heard that everything that I had been taught my entire life was wrong and possibly guided by money. There's only certain things that the mainstream wants you to know because they want you to buy their products. They want you to keep doing that. And that was the first thing that connected in my mind that they're not in it for me. And so I, I flipped my food pyramid. I know that sounds funny, but that's what I did. I'm like, okay, they're saying fat is bad. So I'm going to eat more fat. They are saying eat lots of whole grains because they're so healthy for you. So I stopped eating whole grains. <laughs> I'm like, if, if you told me to do this and it made me sick and fat, <laughs> I'm going to do the opposite. And I really did it out of spite, but that was the first thing that ever worked for me. I was finally able to lose over 60 pounds, not hungry, no more cravings. I was not just completely obsessed with food and I got my energy back. And so that prompted me to want to share what I had learned with other people. And so I became a certified health coach. That's wonderful. And, you know, when women come to you, uh, are they, is it women that you mostly work with? I guess I should ask. Mostly women because I understand women. It works, it works for every, well, I won't say it works for every, because everybody's different. Mm -hmm. the, the philosophy behind it would work for everybody, but I focus on women mm -hmm. because I've, I've raised the kids, they've raised the kids. I've done the dieting, they've done the dieting. We're women, we're, we're vain in a good way, but we want to look and we want to feel good. And so I understand their way of thinking more than I would a man's way of thinking. So yeah, I do focus mostly on women. Certainly, but with the physiology, we all gain weight and we've all, since the low fat, high carb has become prominent in our culture, you know, both sexes have gained a lot of weight. And I think it's really brave of you to, to dig into that. And, uh, you know, in overcoming that and helping women, what is their biggest stumbling block? When I started Food Pyramid Flip, I did some market research because I live with a diabetic. That was going to be my focus. But the more women I talked to, yeah, 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 I have diabetes, but I want to lose weight. Mm -hmm. The focus was on the weight loss. And then as I dived more deep into that research, I was hearing more from the women. It's like, I, I can't stick to anything. Mm -hmm. The cravings, I give into the cravings. I'm always hungry. I'm always tired. So then I focused a little bit more in on why do we have cravings? Why are we so tired? And how do we control that hunger? Because those three things are the biggest stumbling blocks that I found is to stop women from getting what they want. So I, I, my focus is really on overcoming the cravings, 
the fatigue and controlling the hunger, they're all really interconnected and stopping women from getting the results that they want. And, you know, what have you learned by, by working through this, um, either about yourself and then about uh, the big picture of, of life, of us? The biggest takeaway, and it actually kind of became a tagline, was it wasn't my fault. I followed the rules. I did what I was told. And, you know, if they're going to set up these guidelines, clear back in the 80s, they got to work. Well, nobody tested them. We are the result of these dietary guidelines. So it's not my fault, but it became my problem. And so that's what I tell other women. It's not your fault. There's a reason you can't stick to something. You have the cravings. You have the fatigue. It's not your fault. Willpower doesn't even play a role when your body is fighting against you like that. But guess what? Now it's your problem. Yeah. Yeah. Is, do you find that it's definitely a, is it, is it something in that way of eating that makes you addicted to the carbs or the, the bread or the grains? What is it that, um, that works against you? Yes. It, it, the, the two main things that are working against you are your grains and your glutens. And people are like, well, we've been eating grains since the beginning of time. Okay, possibly. But our grains are not the grains that our grandparents had or what we had way back, what they used to farm. They are so genetically modified. And there's actually a, a, a compound in a grain called a gliadin that has been genetically modified to be addictive. And so we just, we just eat it. We can't eat just one. It's called gliadin. The other one is uh, the seed oils. They are highly processed and highly addictive, but they cause so much inflammation that those two together are just, they're working against you. You've got what's, inflammation, digestive issues, and you just want more. So what's the seed oil? Seed oil will be your canola oils, any of your vegetable oils, anything that's highly processed, they actually have to bleach it and deodorize it to be able to make it edible. So if you notice, if you have a container of a seed oil, open up the little lid and fill around it. If it's sticky, that's what's happening in your body. You don't get that with butter. You don't get that with lard, but you get that with those processed seed oils. What about olive oil? Olive oil is good. It, 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 that one's good. Olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oils, those are good. Mm -hmm. They're, they don't have to be highly processed to be edible. So you, they don't smell and they don't, but these seed oils go straight into your cells and they, it's damages at your cellular level. And so your body, we, we were not meant to have to process all of this processed stuff. Yeah. And so you discovered this and you put this into work for yourself and you found success, but how did you get beyond the addiction? The, how did you get through that process? My body worked with me. I gave my body what it wanted. I gave it lots of protein, lots of good fat, butter, lard, bacon fat, bacon's my, bacon's my jam. And my body just went, this is what I've been wanting. So I'm hitting at you because I want, I need this fix. I need this fix. I need this fix. Mm -hmm. 
while feeding it what it needed, what it required, my cravings went away. I was a sugar-aholic and I couldn't get enough. And I, I would start and I couldn't stop. But with enough protein and enough fat, I was full, I was satisfied. My body's like, I'm good. So I didn't, I didn't need that anymore. Once I eliminated that, that damage and that inflammation, my body was like, this is what I want. Let's keep going. That's amazing. That's, that's really, what did your, what did your healthcare, what did your doctors say about your results? Did you, were you able to discuss it with somebody um, in a rational, you know, uh, way? I, I, I was luckily because when I got so sick in 2016, my family doctor, he had to send me out to the specialist. So when I figured out, I went back to him and we were able to sit down and have a decent conversation. He listens. You know, his thing is, my oath is to do no harm. He goes, you tell me what you're doing and I will let you know what I think. And we've had some really good conversations and he gets really concerned with the cholesterol. And I have to, I have to kind of retrain him because even though that total number might look high, I'm like, look at my HDL, my triglycerides. And I made him look at that. He's like, holy cow, you don't even have any triglycerides. My triglycerides are so low. And that's really your, your heart disease. And, you know, that's your factor right there. But nobody looks at that. So I made him go back and look at that. I said, you need to look at this ratio, not this ratio. And so we've had some really good conversations. So he, he lets me do my thing. That's amazing. That, you know, it's, it's hard to find a doctor like that, that will listen. Cause I know in our uh, communication, you had talked about, you know, our healthcare system is really a, a sick care system. Is that the word you use? That's the word I use. Yep. And what does that, what does, explain that to people? Cause I think we think the doctors are, they're highly trained. They're, they're very smart. We, we need to follow their advice. Yes. And I don't, I don't want to come off negative against doctors because I love my doctor. They are mm-hmm. Sunni. If I break my arm, yeah. I, want a, I, want, I want a doctor. If I need surgery, I want a doctor. Yeah. But when you have an overweight, unhealthy looking doctor telling you how to lose weight and be healthy, it seems kind of counterproductive there. It's like, you, oh, wait, wait a minute, you're, you're telling me how to lose weight. But the sick care system in my thing is doctors, they don't get enough training on nutrition. And you can Google some doctors and they'll tell you, yeah, we got like three, three or four hours, you know, eat less, move more. They get the same thing we get. That's their training. Because that's what they're, I won't say forced, but if they don't follow those guidelines, there could be some consequences. So I call it the sick care system because you go into a doctor and you leave with a prescription. They want to fix everything with a pill. They don't look at the root cause. They give you the band-aids for the infectious disease underneath the skin because they don't know how to look there. So it feels like, maybe I might be misstating you, that until you, you finally found maybe a partnership with your, um, with your doctor, with your uh, medical uh, you know, professionals? I did with my family doctor. He, he will listen and he'll, he'll spout off the standard, you know, things about the cholesterol and this, but then when he looks deeper, 
he's like, all right, blood pressure's good. This is good. This is good. Okay. Yeah. You're all right. Keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's rare. Yeah. You hear too many people whose doctors just, they're like, you know, I am, I am the guy. I'm the mo. I'm the one that knows you need to listen to me. And we just blindly follow that because we don't know any better. I mean, absolutely. I had a, a friend, my sister's a nurse and, you know, and uh, we've talked about this kind of thing before. And she has said, uh, you know, somebody who's going to cut into me. Yeah. I want them to think they're a God, but the rest of them need to be able to evolve and adapt. And, and do you think that that kind of a, you know, medicine, have they just stopped evolving and adapting and where, why, and what, what is that? I do. And I don't, I don't mean to sound so cynical, but the pharmaceutical company and the food companies, they fund a lot of the research. So when you're, when you're paying for the research, you're kind of going to get the research that kind of favors what you want. So you kind of have to follow the money and the pharmaceuticals go to these doctors. There's, there's money in meeting these quotas. And I, I know that sounds cynical and negative, but on the other hand, people want, I just want to take a pill. I don't want to give up my grains and my gluten and my pastry. I, I don't want to give that up. So if you can just give me a pill and that's where our world's gone to, to the, to the easy fix, but it's not fixing anything. So you're a woman who doesn't have access to, you know, they're barely getting by with their means and they're, what is the biggest thing that, that I could do? Or that somebody who's, you know, a working person, you know, doesn't have a lot of time. What is the, what can they do for themselves? I think the easiest way to start because processed food is cheap. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it is. It, it's the easiest thing to get. It's the cheapest thing to get, but it's causing the most damage. Mm-hmm. So for people that I talk to, I always say, it sounds like eating healthy is more expensive. You got to buy the proteins. I buy more protein than I do vegetables. I, I'm more of a carnivore kind of gal because I do better without plants and not everybody's the same. Yeah. But as you turn your body as it starts healing and your body starts using its own fat for fuel instead of all of the carbs. You might eat more in one meal, but you eat less often. So you might only be getting all your calories by eating twice a day instead of six little meals all day long. And your body prefers that. It gives, it gives your body that chance to to have your blood sugars and your insulin and all of that come down to help with the hunger. And by that, your calorie, you're really calorie restricting in that sense. Not like only eat a thousand calories a day because of this, this, and this. Your body's good with what you're giving it and it's going to go longer without food. So in the long run, you're actually eating less, less often. So if you're eating better and you're trying to, you know, not have the grain, the processed foods, the, the, the glutens, um, are you going to go through some sort of a, sort of a withdrawal? It is very possible because those foods are highly toxic. And when your body detoxes, it can be very uncomfortable and it depends on how bad you are. For me, it wasn't that bad because 
being with the diabetic, I'd already been, my husband's diabetic. I was already kind of low carb ish. Mm -hmm. So mine wasn't bad, but there's some people who feel really, really bad, but you have to decide, you know, I always say, you know, losing weight is hard. Giving up carbs is hard. Dying is hard. Choose your heart. It, it, it's not easy. I always tell people it, these, these changes are so simple, simple, no seed oils, lower your carbs, up your protein, your fat, but it is not easy. So there is some detox involved in some people and some people don't, it could last anywhere from a week to a month. Everybody is different, but you will get through it. You get through it. Yeah. If you can stick it out, there's some people who are like, yep, I don't like being uncomfortable and I'm done. And, you know, because I also think people do one little slip up and they're like, well, I've screwed up. I'm, I'm, you know, is it, so it's not the end of everything. You mess up once, you just get back on the horse and keep on riding and get through that. Is, does it get easier if you have a slip up of, you know, I, I desperately want a bagel and some croissants. <laughs> this, this is what I've learned. And I'm, I'm going to tell you the, the, the words cheat day. Cheat is such a dirty word. It makes it sound like you're doing something wrong. We don't cheat. We live. You don't cheat on a lifestyle. You cheat on a diet. I don't, I don't promote dieting. Dieting, diet is a dirty four-letter word. That means something that's temporary. I, I challenge you to make a lifestyle change. And you can't cheat on that. But what you find out is when you've gone about 30 days and you're, you've done that detox, you're feeling good, you're feeling better. And then you look at that bagel or that cake or whatever, eat it. Because I'm going to challenge you. I want you to come back and tell me how you felt. Yeah. Tell me how you felt after you ate it. Mm -hmm. Because the next time that that, that temptation's there, you might think twice or you might go, you know what? I know what's going to happen to my body. I know I'm not going to feel good for a couple of days or 24, however long it takes to get that back out of your system. And then choose your heart. Yeah. Because I, I live, I, I'm a social creature. Food is pleasure. I'm, I'm there now. I wasn't there a long time ago. I hated to eat. It made me miserable, but now I enjoy my food. So I will go out if eat the cake. <laughs> That's Dr. Fung's thing. Eat the cake. Yeah. Because we celebrate, we, we love on each other and it's with food and mm -hmm. that's okay. But get right back on to where you need to be. Your body will adjust. Your body is an amazing, amazing thing. It will know, yeah, I don't like this or okay, I can handle this now, but please don't keep doing it to me. And you, you will find your way. Absolutely. When, when those days become every other day, three or four times a week, then you got to go back and go, all right, the cravings are coming back. I can't control my hunger. I'm feeling crappy. So then you just, you got to find your own way. It's your journey. Yeah. And also we've talked about, you know, this in being with good health and how do you think eating and, and, the, and the lifestyle of the, that you've chosen for your nutrition, you know, it helps with what is happening with us right now for those of us who are you know, you help women of a certain age, we're, we're worried that we might be uh, uh, more at risk or have greater complications from COVID. And, it, you know, it's something that 
take away the politics of it, we all might get it. My, my, proce- my process, my thought here is it's not about if you're exposed, it's when. And is your body strong enough to resist it? Mm-hmm. So we're going to be exposed. How bad we feel it is really depending on, on your health. Because I think the frustrating thing for me is on the mainstream. They are so focused on these vaccines and the masks and the social distancing. I'm not, that's a totally different topic. I won't even get in. Yeah, yeah I understand. <laughs> but are you healthy enough? Because they're not talking about that. Every once in a while, you'll hear that death rate and all of those people had these comorbidities. They are so just hitting the surface of that. Nobody knows what that is. Let's talk about that. Heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes. Those are the three main issues that people have and they're not being talked about with the increased risk of getting COVID or not being able to overcome COVID. And that's scary. So let's talk about, okay, we know it's here. We know it's not going away for a while. What do you do for yourself to make sure that you are healthy enough for your immune system to fight COVID? Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I, I, I agree with that. Cause I know I've, you know, I think I was really ill with it. And I think what got me through it is for it. Cause it was the beginning of the year. It's the new year. I'm going to eat right. And I did. And um, maybe that got me through it, but you know, and being a woman of a certain age, you know, when your hormones change, you are, you know, you're different than a young person. Mm-hmm. You know, there are different compl- <laughs> complications and with our food uh, being a part of that, you know, making it that way, you know, uh, I think that's a really important point of, you know, to, you know, get through this. Definitely. Yeah. And women being of certain age, since you brought that up, the seed oils, the processed food that we eat Mm -hmm. really messes with the hormones. I mean, it just, when your body is so focused on trying to, you know, heal your gut, work on your immune system, and then you have these hormones doing everything, it, Mm -hmm. it, we're so unhealthy that our body can't take the whole, the whole issue as one. It has to focus on little things at a time. So if you want to get everything balanced, give your body the proper nutrition. Yeah, definitely. It, you know, just being a well-rounded person, you know, includes your nutrition and health and being able to, to get out and walk. But I think, you know, at the core, being able to do all of that is your, is your food. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to think right requires, uh, you know, fats and for your brain to work. Uh, so I, I really agree with you there. And um, so what have you learned about yourself? What have you learned? What are the overall things that you've learned also by helping people? I think what I've learned most about myself was all those years that I self-isolated I, oh, you know, I, I got plans. I was too embarrassed to go out. I didn't like how I looked. I didn't like how I felt. I self-isolated. I self-sabotaged myself. And I think I've learned that I don't have to do that anymore. And as I felt better and I understood why 
I was feeling that way because even food is a mental game. It, it's a very big mental game that it's okay. Because I was thinking that nobody wanted me around because I looked so bad and I felt so bad. I was the only one thinking that. Mm-hmm. Everybody else wanted me around. It's like, come on, let's go do this. Uh, they wanted me around. So a lot of it was my mindset. Sure. My own behaviors, my own way of thinking, my own limiting beliefs. And so helping women get through that, that self-shaming, that self, because they've been fat shamed their entire life and how to get them out of that mindset and get them wanting to live the life that they, they can envision. It's like, how does that start? What does that look like for you? Let's go there. Yeah. And let's, let's get you thinking that way because sometimes how we think really um, manifests itself in how we act. So if I'm thinking that I can do this, then I'm going to do it. But if you think you can't, you won't. True. There's quite the ripple effect of that thinking. And one question about that, you know, before, you know, I, we don't come out of the womb thinking that way, acting that way. So what are the grassroots type of things that, um, cause I think that's probably where it has to start. If you're going up against big pharma and big food, how do we, um, help one another as a community, as women, how do we do that? That's probably one of the best questions I've heard because I, I don't know. I mean, I know how, you know, women in our family, we can support each other. Hey, I'm going through a bad day, but how do we do that in a broader, broader spectrum? I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know, but we, the fat shaming has to stop. I have a, I have a weight loss accountability and support group. And I got private message that somebody had DM'd another member and telling her she's fat, she's ugly, three chins. And I, there's words I can't even say on the podcast. And I went in and removed this woman. It's like, this is, we are here for support and encouragement. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. So social media thing, but we can't, we can't get out. We can't go out and interact and love on each other and support each other. We're stuck with technology right now. Yeah. So I guess maybe a way is, you know, find some, if you notice someone's just not quite right, you know, send them a message. Hey, I noticed you're not, you're not kind of yourself. What's going on? So I think we can maybe support each other and uplift each other that way since we can't go out and have a cup of coffee and, you know, just be with each other. But we still probably need to make that contact. And virtual coffee. I do virtual coffee with my girlfriends. There you go. And you talked about a support group that you run. Tell us about what you do and and how how can women maybe get involved? If they see themselves here, what do they do to either get involved themselves or find you, uh, you know, to get started? The best way to find me is at foodpyramidflip.com. That's my site. I have uh, different lessons. I have lots of free resources, step-by-step guides. You can email me, foodpyramidflip at gmail.com. And um, on my, my site right now, I have a free course. Two modules. You can break them up into your own timetable. It's overcoming cravings and fatigue. It, I get into why it happens and how to fix it two different modules. And then the third one is how, how you could work with me if that's something you're interested in. If, uh, 
I guess I brought up my group, but <laughs> I don't have that information in front of me. But it is, it's weight loss, accountability, and support. It's a private Facebook group. So maybe if you go in and do the search on Facebook, you probably could find us. I'll also put it on the website when this goes up and I'll put it within the links. Of All right, I'll send you that. already that given group, me. That group. Yeah, thing. that way people, they don't have to jot it down, but they can find it and uh, they'll find it in the group where I post this. And uh, Yeah, this uh, is a small group and we, you know, I like to share the different recipes because people really struggle. They're not my recipes because I'm a cook, but I'm not a great cook. So we post and we like Monday, okay, what's our focus for the week? What's your goals? And we hold each other accountable. So just a way to check in Friday. All right, well, how did your week go? What do you need help with? What's going on? So I have a couple different groups that do that. So makes the changes doable. And it just makes you feel like you're not alone. Yeah, I think that's a big part of that. I know, you know, with COVID and then just also, I mean, even before that, when, you know, it does make you feel alone when you're fat shamed. And knowing that other people are out there and not thinking the same way about you, I think is important. And the work you do is really important. I think you're, you're truly onto something and I'm, and I'm happy that you, that you've discovered that and you're sharing it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Any last words for us? Oh, I think things, three things I always want to tell people up that protein and fat. Don't be scared. Eat the steak, eat the bacon, get rid of the seed oils. And be careful with those carbs. Those really need to, where, where they come from and how they affect your body is probably the biggest thing right there. Absolutely. And thank you for joining me today. Uh, and like I, I said earlier, all of uh, Julie's information is going to be on the website, including her links to her Facebook group and uh, her website that she gave to us. And I'll be uh, happy to put them there. And I just want to say to everybody, now go after your passion. Thanks for listening to Christina. Now, go after your passion.